0: One, two, three... (laughs)
1: welcome to x-rated the x-men animated review show i am your host is this a dream how can you be here where am i i mean it's like a dream but so, so you know, I'm, I, I i i've known, known for my whimsy and with me always is my co-host
0: how could a slight concussion do all this
1: I oh, don't know. It'd be more than a slight one. I can tell you that. It's, been probably, <laughs> it's probably, probably been severe a few. ones over the years. I think they compile like mm. you it just you keep adding those micro. I'm pieces. actually kind of concerned that that's going to lead to dementia early in life. What did you do to the logo for this episode? Nothing. Why? Look at it. Oh, I must quite have moved a, it. Quite embarrassing.
2: Oh, why didn't you tell me about it before and give me time to fix it?
1: Because I just noticed it. Wow. Yeah on the intro i was like oh that's embarrassing i must have moved something and then uh move that mm-hmm.
2: see we have oh. a we have a two-door system it's like an airlock here Davin. it only works if both of us show up i showed up yeah, by I doing know. it wrong
1: and you got to catch it I yeah and just a split a few minutes too late on that one my bad right, excuse well, i will i will see if i can fix it for you i don't know does that matter at this point no it doesn't okay. matter at all for this episode Right. I mean, you it, it's going to look like that on all the the different services.
2: Yeah people have come to love our zany, zany, fly by the seat of your pants style of uh, podcasting. I think, right? Right? We're lovable, lovable weirdos with our ephemera of nerddom surrounding us in our in our respective homes, while we talk about a show that's thirty years old.
1: That's 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 what we do, right? That is what we do. I don't know if I mentioned it, but I am Davin Davington. And with me is M. Andre Farouk. So is yours name from, it's supposed to be Warren Worthington? Yeah. It's terrible. It well, might be your worst one yet. That's my worst one?
2: It, oh. It's got to be. I think it's pretty bad. I don't know. Oh. X-Goon's vote right now. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm
1: kidding. It's, it's, vote, it's not, no. I'll let it slide. M. Andre but, Farouk is better than Devin Davin. Yeah, because, because mine, I I actually, it mine actually applies that's to the episode. So does mine.
2: Yeah, I know, but da- Davin Davington is a real stretch. Warren Worthington isn't the same thing twice. And my name is the Shadow Kings. Real I thought man.
1: about that, but to me it didn't it didn't lose the luster. The joke. And his name is Amal, through. which sounds like Amandre, so it still works. I think mine's pretty clever actually. Davin Davington sounds more like Warren Worthington than Amandre sounds like Amal. Let's send it to the ex-goons. Right. We're already into a, a, a little scrap off the top here. That's, That's it. it, I quit, I'm done. Right. yep, <laughs> yep. We're here to review Season 4, Episode 5, Xavier Remembers of it's your X-Men, the nervous. animated series, written by Stephanie Matheson, who previously wrote Beauty and the Beast, which I loved. I gave that one a 10, I think. Um, this one I didn't been... like as much. Let's, let's say that, uh... But this is the last one she writes. She only writes these two episodes for the series and directed by Larry Houston. So yeah, she what writes... do you remember, Andre? Do you remember this episode enough to tell us about it?
2: No, I, t- I totally watched a different episode. Did you really? No, God, no. I watched this one. <laughs> I made a whole joke about Patrick farm remembers last time. How would I have gotten it wrong? So wrong. That's but, true. Yeah? My, you know, I, I'm nothing if not dedicated to my craft here at the uh, X-Rated. I was going to say here at the
1: Graphic Histories podcast, here at the X-Rated podcast, uh, where... Uh, Almost as dedicated as you are to your Pepperidge farm jokes. I mean, it's just I love it. Patrick well farm Well, it,
2: it's, it's mostly from uh, Fantas... Uh, actually, it's mostly from... Uh, well, Rick and Morty did a little joke about it when they went to the Citadel, but I'm pretty sure it was... Family Guy did a joke about it, and I think... Um, futurama did a fairly funny joke about it where like there i can't remember which one it was it's probably family guy based on the type of humor but it was like do you remember a time when certain people couldn't vote and only white folks could use the washrooms petridge farm remembers it was just sort of like this long run about how like this nostalgia of like the past that, that people tap into for like you know, Petridge Farm or any of these other things that like talk about tradition, sort of gloss over how terrible other parts of the history was. Whenever yeah. people are like, you know, things were so great in the 1950s, it's like, not for everybody, they weren't. You know, it was great mm-hmm. if you're a white person yeah. or a white male specifically. Yeah, you're probably on top of the world. But, yeah. uh, not so great for everyone else, you know. So,
1: he, depends on where you're
2: at. <laughs> that is true. But I think at most places in the world, you're probably doing all right. Um, that's funny. Yeah. All right. All right. So here we are. We were at. Well, no, 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 don't no. don't tell me to start talking about the episode when you haven't played the last week on yet. You're just What's gonna. gonna Previously on, me on. X Men.
1: I am. I wait for you to start so that I can cut you off. Oh, wait yeah, to ruin I, my. I know. Part. I know you do. You sick bastard.
0: When we arrived here,
1: we saw only Cortez. Liars. I saw them jettison the chamber. Wait, this isn't the right Vengeance. one either. Vengeance. Oh my god. Vengeance. I did the wrong one two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm.
2: This, is, this is starting to take off to a great start, I must say. Maybe your finest episode yet.
1: I know. Man, I don't think I had it then. How did the last one end? Oh, dear God. Well. Well, no previously on X-Men. But, oh, it was like Magneto went off into like the ether.
2: Yes. He says Magneto... he's not dead, though. Magneto did go off into the ether. As you would say,
1: well, um, sorry, X Goons. I didn't mean to ruin the previously on X Men.
2: There actually wasn't one in this episode, like as far as the normal previously on X Men's go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, no, this one is, uh, just
1: yeah, no, it's just Magneto, like the them in space, and them coming back to Earth.
2: See but, what
1: happens when you call for that segment, it ruins the whole thing.
2: That's it. Okay. I'm going to call for it more often because I think it's terrible. It never applies to what this episode it's is. No, I actually thing. think it's fun, but it does rarely apply to what this episode is about. Um, I guess is, yeah, well, I got to stay in my lane. This and one is curmudgeon. Out.
1: Well, yeah, you didn't like this favorite. episode? It's not my favorite.
2: Uh, yeah, it, it does make, well, I'll talk about my X point. It, it does make some things better, but not necessarily this episode. All right. So we, uh, we get to uh, Xavier having uh, some kind of a dream. Well, electricity crackles over the um, the X Mansion. We're not really sure what all this is about, but it's causing some kind of a vortex, a wormhole, if you will, a gateway into another dimension. If uh, if you will permit me to uh, to surmise,
1: so a plane, uh, another plane, yes, another An plane. plane. It was
2: perhaps no. Don't get ahead of me now. Okay, Perhaps sorry. another realm of existence, yes, that's fine. you don't want to use terms that are going to tell them what it is. I move! <laughs> because you're paralyzed, Charles. It's been a normal part of the yeah, show it's, since it's, the beginning. It, yeah, exactly. It's this not, isn't nothing new. new. Although, when, conveniently, when he, sometimes you remember walk that
1: he's paralyzed.
2: So, um, <laughs> we, um, I, I know you have a, a key of this, but we see it, the X-Men are hearing this sort of... Uh, going on around here and Charles screaming in his sleep. So um they all come out of the there's this electricity that kind of goes through all the rooms wow. uh permitting all the X-Men to wake up and come out and we see them all in their nighttime clothes, which is kind of fun. You don't have to have a still of this do you? Oh, no. Oh man Wolverine's looking pretty jacked in his little green house coat with his boxer shorts. True. And Beast also wearing it's funny how when Beast is uh in action as a as a crime fighter he wears less clothes than he does when he goes to bed. His shorts, he's it's wearing true. he's wearing boxer shorts now, it, it would appear to be. However, you know, he's usually wearing, I'm guessing, a Speedo or something to go along with those X-Men shorts. That he Says the be.
1: guy who performs in a unitard.
2: It is a, uh, a singlet, and uh, <laughs> it covers a good portion of my body. It's only one strap, so you do get one nipple, but that's, that's just how it rolls. Um, I do have a, a large chest tattoo. It's nice to show that off. Um, so, yeah, you know, leave me alone. So, uh, that is fair. I mean, honestly, if I look like Beast, I would wear what Beast wears. He's Jack. Look at him. But, uh, jacked. yeah. So, uh, but it's just kind of funny that he wears, like, more clothes when he sleeps. Uh, ju- and, and, uh, yep. you know, Storm has a very, uh, very fashionable yet elegant, uh, nightgown, a shorter nightgown. Well, you know, Jubilee, very on brand, wears some old jersey. That's, uh, too big for yeah. her. So, uh, they come out to investigate, uh, Cyclops, who I assume was on duty, comes running down the hall in his outfit. In his X Men outfit, tells him all to, to get suited up and go outside. Um, because if some doings are transpiring, we see uh, a doings. some doings are transpiring. There's, get get mm-hmm. to the truck. There's a doings are transpiring. So we see the X Men uh, investigating, but then they seem to be uh, attacked by various enemies that appear out of nowhere, including Sabretooth, who gets in a scuffle. I don't believe it.
1: That's right, Runt. Ain't life
2: just special? I, like I don't you know why I love Sabretooth's voice so much. Spider-Man. Yeah, I did say that. I was hoping you they got covered by the uh, by the. Uh, remember it when I did, mentioned? The, but I pointed it out. Remember when I mentioned the crippling brain injuries? Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah so um, uh, one of my X points was going to be how much I missed Sabretooth.
2: Yeah, um, I don't know why I love his voice so much. It, it doesn't really look like it goes with him that much because he's so hulking. You'd think you'd have a deeper voice, but I, I like it. I don't know why I like it so much, but I really—it works perfectly, man. It
1: does actually. Maybe it's just a weird synergy that I never really thought of before, but it is because he comes it. off as deranged and and violent and homicidal. And... That is true. So
2: Jubilee is attacked by a Sentinel. She manages to blast the the, the head off it, which just turns into a maniacal looking Charles. He's laughing at her, which is actually kind of a disturbing moment. There's a little, a few horror moments in this, which are kind of nice. Um, but it is on brand Ooh, for the character who is causing this, which we'll get to. Uh, Storm is being enclosed within a small box. You know, the, the light is closing in around her. She's trying to escape, but it's really preying on her fears as well. What city
0: is this? No.
1: Some great voice Someone else is fighting her. an enemy. Oh, yeah. Great voice work from friend of the show, Alison Zaley Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, hers just like the world closes around. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. It's like darkness. It's like, you're now in like A
2: physical representation of the emotional darkness we all
1: feel. Yeah. yeah. Deep stuff. There's music. some crazy, trippy stuff in this. This,
2: is, uh, Yeah, this is a pretty... I like this episode in in that it's a little off-brand, but it's kind of fun in a weird... Like, horror, and it's got some horror movie elements, too, which I think are kind of fun. Um, and also something that uh, that I'm going to talk about in, in one of my recommendations later. But uh, we see uh, Scott and Gene get attacked by uh, Mr. Sinister. And uh, they're all kind of getting sucked into the ground after their defeat. And then we kind of see that this is all sort of in uh, Charles's head as he's struggling to battle with whatever's going on. Uh, Beast tells us, uh, I love, there's a scene, like, do we know what kind of doctor Beast is? I assume he's a doctor of, like, a scientist. Like, he's not a he's, medical doctor. He's a geneticist. Yes, so at one point, Gene, like, can't you do something? You're a doctor. He's not like a medical doctor. Um, well, uh, he, you know, he can do that a bit too, though. I was really he hoping that. Well, anatomy, I guess, of course. But... I mean, he's kind of a little bit everything. But I, I would love to for him to like shoot back with a "Damn it, Gene! I'm a geneticist, not a general practitioner." Um, he already does
1: the Spock fascinating all the time. He might definitely. as well start doing all the Star Trek impressions. That's right. So. Um, <laughs> You know, Beast mentions that uh, in a previous uh, scuffle,
2: Xaviers suffered a slight concussion, which I'm guessing is laid over from the previous battle with Magneto and in, and uh, in all that stuff in Asteroid M. Um, yeah. But actually, the the thematically, and I'll get—I guess I'll say this for the next point—but there's uh th- this does carry over some some weight from the previous episode, which I think is interesting. But uh, mm. so Beast says that the, you know Charles's mind is sort of insane because of his powers, and it's hard to regulate exactly what's happening with him because of the immensity of his abilities, uh, putting a gush on top of that. You know, who knows what that could mean. So uh, um, Cyclops uh, kind of shows up and is trying to find out what's going on. We see we see uh, his readings getting... Beast basically surmises that, uh, similarly to uh, being under hypnosis, Charles is in physical health, but his physical health is declining because of what's going on in his mental... His mental world. So, um, mm. you know, they're, they're trying to reach out to him, but they're having trouble getting into his mind. We see, uh, what is happening in fact with Charles yes, and professor.
0: his and this place is great. No sentinels.
2: <laughs> so he's, he's visited by his mother and by, um, other people in his life that have, you know, meant something to him. He appears interestingly enough in his flashback, like, uh, or in his dream world kind of appearance, he appears, in his military outfit, which I think is an interesting, like why that would be how he like he's ready for battle at all times, which is interesting. Mm, interesting. But his mother, who we met earlier uh, in the the uh, the the Juggernaut episode, we learned out a bit of the past of those two. Xavier, you don't see
1: her though; they just talk about her being sick all the time. That
2: That's episode. true. Yeah, we didn't see her. Did we? I thought we did at one point when it showed them like driving up um, to the mansion when they were kids in the back seat or something. Maybe I don't. Yeah, I don't, don't remember exactly. She's wearing a very, like, Victorian-era dress, which is funny. He's implying that Charles is... I know.
1: They make him seem so old. Yeah. Charles is from, like,
2: the 1930s. <laughs> so no, then... Uh, before that, even. Geez. So then uh Charles is kind of uh, visited by all of his X-Men and younger version. Well, at first, it seems... Actually, I thought it was a younger version of Cyclops. But it was just like a... We didn't get to that yet. That's later um i thought it was a younger version of cyclops but it just yeah th- there's no good pictures of that scene on the internet i should have screen capped something so it would have been better than what yeah. i mean, light. but um at first i thought it was a younger version of cyclops was just cyclops in like leisure wear like like uh like he's on on uh, vacation which is something we've never really seen before so then we see all the other x-men are also in uh, vacation wear including wolverine who's sporting a nice uh, light green dark green uh, shirt pa- short combo uh, well, drinking with a straw and wearing sunglasses, but the rest of the X Men hanging out by the pool. And, uh, you know, Charles's mother tells him this is like that his fight's over. Yeah, <laughs> basically, Murphy.
1: Murphy <laughs> says, he, in his youth, Charles Xavier used to hunt down Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Yeah, that's who killed well. his mother, in fact. It's a whole other storyline. So, yeah. Actually,
2: you know, isn't that that whole storyline that I, I think I, I um, I think I recommended that book, the the Gambit X Men crossover, where it was like I think there was some relation to like Wolverine being Charles, Jack the Ripper. I think there was some kind of like a slight in, implication of that. It wasn't, but it was just when they thought Wolverine was killing people. Mm. So yeah, Charles is basically in his happy place where um, you know all the fighting's over. They all get to to relax forever. It's implying that he died, I guess, is what his mom's sort of saying, but they're not really overtly saying that because we don't really do that. But there's a nice. So, you have the the line from Wolverine where Wolverine's like, "We don't gotta fight anymore, Professor," and he kind of comes over and puts his hand on him, and it's very
1: like. You don't have that one. No, I don't think.
0: So. I feel so light, so free.
1: Let go. The universe, will be yours. Yes. <laughs> He's going on a trip.
2: Really? Yeah, but, this oh, like, all? just peyote?
1: Peyote? Yeah. Like that, that's kind of feels <laughs> like that just
2: before we got to that part. Uh, Wolverine's like, You don't gotta worry about us anymore, Professor. He puts his arm, and he's like, Let us go. <laughs> it's just very it's very soft, Logan. Uh, so then, uh, of course, we see uh Xavier kind of surrounded by all the people, um, you know, that in his life that uh, and if you pause it like I just did while, while skimming through it, there's a, a bevy of characters I've never seen before. Uh, and some strange coloring on some of them as well. Like uh, Lycos is there. Or Carl, Carl Lycos is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why Xavier feels like he's happy that he's there. Uh, you see uh, Forge in the X-Force there. I'm not sure why Xavier feels a certain attachment to them. Uh, they they colored... Um, X-Factor
1: is like they always show. In every scene where they show a bunch of different people like tuning in on what's happening. We haven't even met X-Force Polaris yet. She's,
2: well, we did, I guess. But she's there, yeah, and, like, not, not in her X-Factor costume. But then we see, uh, for some reason... Uh, Quicksilver's wearing a version of his costume that doesn't have his actual shirt on, he just has a, a lightning bolt <laughs> over his head. right. Um, really? so it's very, very strange, I, but anyway,
1: Xavier's I, being surrounded by that was a mistake from the
2: colors. I would assume so. But we even see, or like bottom of the frame, is kind of being covered by our title there. But you can see the back, no, of, I can get rid of that. That's all right, you can see the back of uh, what would be Nightcrawler, um, you know, oh, so yeah, we haven't yeah. met him yet. And then I'm
1: guessing maybe D- behind the green helmet, that looks like it almost could be like. <laughs> ronin the accuser or something yeah
2: i kind of feel you as though know. it might be like magneto but the color is fucked it up um and that's probably beast Maybe. the blue guy i i'm yeah. ju- i surmise the guy in the right bottom right is jack kirby but that's not uh, that's just me me surmising oh, hmm. so uh xavier's being kind of influenced by this external force that you just played to let go to sort of go into the light which is this like Swirling thing, we see Xavier kind of appearing as as outlines in this in this world, which we will come to learn is the astral plane. Um, so as he's being pulled into the light on the
0: astral plane, where the greatest telepaths go.
1: You were so the greatest far ahead. Head. Yeah, but you're I so just far. well, you brought up the astral plane, so I was is just bringing true. in some context.
2: I know. I like how they just make up stuff. As like we all we all know that all all great minds go to the astral plane where the battles happen. <laughs> it's like, this has never come <laughs> up before and never again, I'm sure. So like, why do we all know this?
1: We the all astral plane know. has. Yeah, so everybody I mentioned
2: knows the astral plane is. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous, but you know. We accept what we accept. So, Gene Grey goes in, tries one last time to reach Professor, as uh, as Charles is nearing this the swirling vortex of light. He he uh, he starts to hear Jean over the voice that's kind of calling him into the vortex. So, uh, as he is, he um, as Gene's reaching him, he has a flashback to a memory, which is how he met Storm, which is a nice little piece of uh, filling mm-hmm. in some past of the X Men. In which he was uh, going to buy, use uh, petting a monkey. That's not a euphemism. There's actually a monkey there. Um, So, and buying some fruit from a vendor, and while doing so, a young storm uh, stole his wallet. Um, So he bought uh, no fruit. No, he uh, he's just petting the monkey. Uh, But when his wallet was missing, he discovered that she'd taken it. He ran after her. I love his like going to Africa outfit. It's just like like a safari outfit, like pure. He looks like
1: a tourist. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well it's very on brand for cartoons like this especially this time period like if you go to the jungle you got to wear explorer outfit you know I mean, so uh, would... still I mean you got to look fashionable when you can it's also a lot of clothes so uh, Storm runs off with the wallet knocks on uh, the door a door to try to get into I guess her her hideout but Xavier catches up with her and uses mental abilities to, uh, to talk to her and ask for his wallet back she gets scared drops the wallet he picks it up, but is then reached out telepathically by someone else who invites him into the door to have a seat in his uh, in his little cafe, and uh, they need to talk about, you know, he also has psychic powers. And it's rare that he runs into other mutants that do, so he invites Xavier in. And they talk telepathically. Uh, Xavier meets this man who we don't actually hear his name. It's credit... if you look it up. Obviously, it's, uh, it's Amal Farouk. Amal Farouk, who kind of looks like John Rhys Davies in the nineties, which I am guessing may have yeah, been
1: the inspiration for this character back in the sliders days
2: yeah sliders john reese davies that would make sense and he probably would fit the look of this character quite well um you know it reminds me kind of of his uh and this is a very deep cut but uh his appearance as the kingpin in the incredible hulk tv show movie the trial of the incredible uh in which hulk teams up with daredevil daredevil yeah in the yellow costume uh, no, it was all black costume. No, it was black. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was the all black costume. costume. It was like the one that he wore in uh, this first season of the Deadfoot show. Yeah, right, right, right. But anyway, um, Farouk basically reaches out to Xavier. And it, this it's funny how quickly this escalates. Basically, Xavier quickly learns that he, this guy is bad and he's training. No, oh, I got people. that here. Hold on.
1: Yeah. You
2: do not approve
1: of the way I do business. Using children to steal? No, I do not agree with that. <laughs> the little brat thought you were human. Normally, I would not steal from a fellow mutant. <laughs> using children to steal? No. No, I don't approve of that. He's also a brothers. thief is a thief. No matter the victim. I must disagree. Non-mutants are hopelessly stupid creatures. They hmm. deserve our most egregious exploitation. See, that's why uh, Shadow King is a scary villain. He's a... I, well, I like him because his motivation
2: his... is different, too. Like, you know, yeah. he actually just think It's not even just that... Um, like, m- normally, it's humans are beneath us and they should be, like, our cattle or our slaves or, like, you know, or just do whatever we can to elevate mutant life. He's more like they're idiots. Let's exploit them and get what we can out of them, which I think is actually an, an interesting motivation because it's different than most villains on the show. So... Um, yeah, and, you know,
1: it's the they're really a dichotomy in how they view their powers as well. we Yeah, he's like, more I like I a con man. It. I don't and... want to, but he's more like, you know, especially in his kind of mutant supremacy that he sort of feels as well. And his, you know, if you have eyes, you use your eyes to see in every way you can. He's just like, I have these powers, so I can use these powers in any way I can, because that's how I was born, you know? Yeah. So he sees nothing wrong with any of it. Kind of makes them you all Farouk
2: kind of makes you want to side with the government folks that want people to register their powers. It's like, uh, you <laughs> right. know, basically... A a war is contentious. It's a baby born with a gun that's, uh you know, welded to it that's going to go off at some point if it chooses to or not. Like, you know, if the baby chooses to grow into someone, that's going to use it. So, so uh, you're Team Iron Man. Is that what you're saying? I mean, not necessarily. I mean, obviously, I, I, I like Captain America better, so I probably would have sided with him. Although Spider-Man did go Iron Man, then turned Captain America, so I probably would have done the same. Yeah uh so basically based on this alone like charles doesn't really know much about this guy except that he doesn't really care for humans uh and you know trained a bunch of kids to steal but then because of this charles attacks him pulls him into the astral plane and uh they get in a fight on the astral plane where they uh uh you know basically charles traps him in a void where he's trapped for the last 20 years uh they take on these giant animal or these giant monster forms to fight each other um i hope you don't have a point about these
1: animal forms do you davin oh no i don't don't. no i don't but i do have the uh the shadow king actually oh that's later that is pretty cool
2: yeah okay i have a a point about these monsters and if i get stuck on a point later remind me to bring it up so um these uh they, they, they take these forms of giant monsters, fight each other. Charles wins and uh, kind of deposits the the the, uh, the Shadow King into a vortex where he'll be trapped in the astral plane forever, which is pretty intense. Like, yeah. Charles essentially killed his body. Like,
1: we see... You just I mean, met the guy. You just meet yeah, a guy and you ban him into the astral plane.
2: You like, see him knocked out on the ground. <laughs> like, he's not conscious anymore and his body will never have a consciousness in it. So, it's probably going to die. You know, all they can do, and he's in Africa. I'm sure they don't have, like, the the, the greatest, you know, they're, they're not going to take the stranger and hook him up to machines and and keep him alive for the next 20 years until so he can return to his body. So, essentially, Charles is doing do this that. guy to a, a life of consciousness without a, a physical form, which is horrifying. Also, in a void where you can't do anything, at least in prison, you get to go outside and talk to other people. He's all alone trapped in a void by himself for 20 years. So will drive anybody insane. Yeah, it's not the best. I that was, young.
1: was I had never met a mutant to possess such merciless cruelty as the Shadow King. I knew the human race must be protected
0: from such creatures.
2: And this base, uh, we Charles got Scott Scott think, it, it, It's funny because when you played that, it was right in the part in the show when that when that comes up because it shows him you getting nailed. Flashed. It you did. It was, he getting flashed with Mister Sinister and uh, Magneto and all these
1: other villains that will come to. Oh yeah, we got to pick the world from. So then I love we this see, for some reason. Where like Sinister just has Jean Scott. I don't know. I love that shot. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm then he's forrest and he steps out and uh, and and sees Storm and realizes that perhaps he should. He's a better way to train these young mutants into into not being exploited by people like the Shadow King, but being able to stand for themselves and mm-hmm. and being uh, being better. So um, because of that, we uh, we get those little flashes. Do you want to play them now? The first one with the old X Men and their old costumes. Uh, just Gambit just took his jacket off. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, Wolverine does have his old like fight in the hall costume from the comics, which is pretty cool. Yeah, which is cool, and Warren's there, which confuses things from earlier. Oh yes, hundred percent. There's no reason he should be there, but I think that's just a matter of someone dropped the ball. And Storm has her own costume on too, which is fun.
1: Um, but then we get uh, this is and this is him in his like Defenders. Actually,
2: song. he wears that costume in this show a little later on when we see him next. I think oh, so. Okay. Um, yeah, but we do see him wearing his red yellow defenders outfit. We have um, this
1: where they're all kids. Yes. And Wolverine's still there for some reason. But and wearing some what is he even wearing? Like samurai yeah. gear?
2: No, no. It, looks, it looks more like the kind of outfit of the He's, weapon like the, the Maverick. Oh, wears, when like he was part of like
1: uh, when he was part of Weapon X strike
2: Yeah, force like when X, he was going on strike really force for Weapon that. X. But then when yeah. we see um, some flashes of him training the X-Men, we see uh, Warren in his uh, red red and yellow
1: kind of outfit. And then we kind of get updates to the current... Uh, Storm the, current... the smallest. I guess he met her when she was the youngest. Yeah, because like, Jubilee's older than her. Yeah. That was just possible? It yeah. makes
2: no sense. <laughs> Why? So, uh, yeah. but then, uh, you know, the, as he's kind of going through this mission of uh, remembering his past, he gets pulled out of it when he's uh, almost being sucked into the portal. Uh, then he's struggling against the Shadow King before he can get sucked in. Basically, Shadow King uh, explains that he's been trapped in this prison. We don't really talk about the fact that we've seen him before when uh, Storm Tangled with him in Africa. But, uh, you know, that would have been a way he was trying to get out of this place before. So, But it still also confuses some things. Why Why does Rogue know who he is? Because... the um, you know, because Charles seemed he's surprised gone. to see Shadow King come back. But Rogue, Rogue
1: was in Africa with Storm
2: the last time makes, he ran into Shadow King. No, but that in that episode, Rogue knew about Shadow King. Oh, yeah, true, true. He's like, we tangled with him before. And it's like, you didn't. Charles did. And maybe that's just from uh, Charles' uh-oh. story. But it doesn't yeah. make... Yeah, because Charles seems the scene the first area, time really. Charles has encountered him since, since then. Yeah. But anyway, we do see his cool little Shadow King form. In this mental plane, but he's trying to uh, get Charles to give up so he can take over his body. I love that form, by the way. I, love, I like, that. I I like the other, guy other guy. one better when he's... He kind of looks like a symbiote. I like the other one better where he's like a suit of armor, like a retro suit of armor. This yeah. guy. Yeah, this he looks guy. pretty cool. He's got like a shield and a sword. Yep. Anyway, he manages to overcome Charles and take over his body. Um...
1: You're not gonna believe the weird dream I just had. Man,
2: the weird dream I just had. They
1: were not dreams. The Shadow King has been attacking our minds.
2: Storm uh, recognizes that uh, whoever's influencing their minds and their dreams, the Shadow King, because she encountered him before and was Storm. kind of raised by him. Little O-R-O-R-O, how
1: I've missed you. <laughs> how i <coughs> so uh um, good voice actor for shadow king too oh yeah i'm going to
2: talk about that in one of my points so uh oh, very cool the um yeah so they're all sort of influenced by the same people that attacked them before storm ceiling comes down and Madden sentinel's fist comes through grabs her saber tooth attacks wolverine all the sort of same things that bothered them before so uh they all uh kind of charles or uh Cyclops calls out to them in the intercom. They wake up. They realize that they're all dreaming, and Storm recognizes the influence of the Shadow King because she's felt it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beast can tell through his crazy sensors. I'm guessing shared technology because who knows at this point that uh, mm-hmm. Charles is being infected by somebody else, in which we quickly learn it is the Shadow King, and you know the X He's just making think.
1: that shared technology work, whatever oh, little yeah. bit of it they got. He's
2: well now like, they can just say or, it. Anytime mm. they need any kind of deuce sex machina, i just be like, well, sheer technology we got hanging around. So, uh, which is pretty funny. But uh, the, it's funny because the Shadow King basically is going to take over the world using Charles's body. Um, the X-Men hesitate to attack him because they will damage Charles. You know, so he's, he's wearing, he got the perfect hostage, he says. It's one that he can never, you know, that he wears instead of uh, holds in front of him. So one that he can never really hurt. Um. yeah, and they're all kind of at the mercy of the Shadow King for a little bit here, and he starts to attack them, but then As the struggle begins on the astral plane, we can only wait and hope. Gene uh, goes in, mental powers-wise, and tries to rescue
1: Charles, who's being trapped in this very, uh, um, I can only describe it as the, the whole episode, psychos just keeps saying, "Her, can't you do something? Can't you talk to him? Like, just go in his, can't you go in his mind and this solve this some... whole episode?
2: Very strange, um like, iconography here. It's it's, it's, it's almost like someone just watched uh, Nightbreed or one of those other movies that came out around this time. It's got all these, like, weird cuts and, like, Cronenbergian things, Clyde Barkerian imagery, like, with the astral planes and stuff. There's, like, Xavier's in a prison of hands that are kind of like this with all these, like, markings and etchings all over them. Um So uh, Gene finds Charles, uses her powers to help free him. And basically the two of them go on to attack uh, the Shadow King on the astral plane within Charles Mind. So uh, within this fight, Charles takes on the, the astral the Shadow King takes on his form that you have in your little hero click there. And uh yeah, it's very cool. Charles takes on a form of a gladiator and uh, Jean Gray takes on some kind of a form
1: of uh, do you have this one too? Check no, but check this one out. This is the same Shadow King, but he's taking over Storm, so Storm's there too. And it's actually oh, really cool. But Shadow King is ruling her mind. Is that from the anime series yeah. as well? Yeah. Is that from
2: the, the episode they were in before?
1: Yeah, I don't remember. It must be or a later one.
2: Oh, that'd be interesting if he comes back. Yeah. So Gene Gray puts on some armor as well. There's an interesting panel here, a uh, frame here of the Shadow King looking down at the sort of spiral into the, the prison. And uh, on the back of his armor is something that looks very much like a Green Lantern symbol. Did you notice this? No. That's, no it's... Vortex looks like a place you don't want to go, though. <laughs> for sure. He kind of looks look like, like the, Destroyer. the Destroyer a little bit with his outfit as well. But I do really dig this kind of armor. It's yeah. Nice. Well, it's it's kind of like samurai-ish.
1: Uh, like, I think I that's think what it's A little more
2: for. medieval, I kind of think. But I, I don't know. I like it. So anyway, Gene and, uh, <laughs> Gene and uh, Charles fight him off for a bit. Until uh, he takes on a bigger form that kind of looks like a Shogun warrior. It's the best thing I can describe, if you remember that reference of Marvel Comics from way back in the day.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> and, I mean, uh, that's kind of what, yeah.
2: But uh, Charles, uh, Charles, Charles and him getting essentially what is a lightsaber fight, which is pretty funny.
1: Yeah. Uh, they mm-hmm. He pulls out his lightsaber. I'm like, oh, my. Yeah, there's, there's, there's
2: really like a to be more. no! Yeah, so Gene and uh, Gene and Charles do manage to overcome him in the fight and force him back into the portal. He tries to pull Gene in with him, but Charles is uh, strong enough to pull her out. and uh, stop. Two against one, no fair. Stop the madness. No fair. X-Men do not play fair. And then uh, there's a nice little code at the end here when they're all on the front line after the song. Do you have the Wolverines on the line? No, I miss no, he missed all the good Wolverine lines. He's like, uh, I, I just want to know what just happened. Yeah, and Charles uh, uh, says something. Uh, he Charles says something. He said the Shadow King just reminded us, uh, you know, of Dan, I have that. Okay. He forced me to think
1: through why I formed the X Men and why we fight for our ideals and for each other. In short, why I live
2: for that, I will always be grateful. Okay. I'm sure he tried to kill us, but he made me remember some stuff from my past. And because of that, I'll well, The episode's say, called Xavier Remembers. That's incredibly important in this particular instance. Because of that, I'll drop him a Christmas card
1: into the into the astral plane once <laughs> yeah. Year. Yeah. <laughs> he he a year. Which he won't get because he's imprisoned. That's right. In, he can't do anything. He's probably just insane eternity.
2: at this point, but... So
1: uh, the we, thing is about like you, well actually I'll, I'll maybe I'll save that for an
2: explanation that that ends the episode. Yeah, yeah. We get a little flash of the next episode, which isn't right because it's the old uh, the it's the Juggernaut returns. It's Juggernaut returns. Season. And if you look if at the original numbering Four episodes previous to this one, it's what starts season four. If you look at, um, uh, yeah, like if you look at the original ways these aired, this is still season three. This episode. What so wonky.
1: This new yeah. order is working way better. Oh, yes, for sure. Well, each
0: of us will have to look into his own heart and decide.
1: You go first, because I'm still processing.
2: Processing, are you? Mm-hmm. Well, the mo- let's go with the first one. The monsters that... Uh... No, ratings, from one to Oh, X. shoot, sorry. Ah, goddammit. Um, oof. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is fun. It's like... It's like horror elements. It's not great. Like it's not fantastic. But I do really like the look, like the design of the Shadow King. He's pretty cool. It's like sort of suit of armor and they're on the they're in space, but they're all kind of made of these white lines. So there's really interesting animation in that when they're fighting in the astral plane. Uh some cool action, all that stuff. Um, and seeing the X-Men kind of fight some of these villains in their dreams. The X Men didn't have a lot to do, but that, that doesn't matter so much. This is pretty much a Xavier piece. So you know, Most I like of the I, episode was in the astral plane. Yeah, but I liked it. Um, I wouldn't say it, like a, it was the best thing ever, but I don't think it's deserving of like a low score. So I'm going to say an eight, I guess. I'm going to go with eight.
1: I'll go with
2: seven. I was thinking of seven, but I, I think some of the animation choices were cool enough to elevate a little bit
1: for me. So it, it was. Yeah, it just it didn't have the best kind of flow. Like It didn't have really a beginning, a middle, or an end. It was just kind of... Hallucinogenic insanity, the entire time. But I like that. It's just fine. It's different, like you said. It was different. It was a horror element. I mean, the Shadow King was cool. Ah, you're kind of winning me over now. <laughs> I'm good at that.
2: Nah, we get to see yeah.
1: Storm as a as a youth. It's a youth. I'm gonna man. stick with I'm gonna stick with my seven. But but you trader, you don't love Storm. Don't. You're... Um, fine, to I give me. it a... I'm <laughs> kidding. It's <for> a <laughs> 10th.
2: You got me. You got me, motherfucker.
1: You got me there. Jeez. Here's uh, excoon. goon Ryan says, Gentlemen, love what you do, and I look forward to listening to the full episode tomorrow. Thank you for your dedication to our childhood tunes, and I look forward to that eventual Spider-Man pod-winky face. Thank you, Ryan.
2: Thank we you. Appreciate
1: Ryan. That. You very much appreciate yeah, that. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, we, we like bringing the show to you. Uh, all right, let's move on to our the segment you tried to <laughs> do a little too early in the show. Oh well, sorry if I if I, <laughs> I time it, try to time everything perfect, except for the uh, audio clips during your recaps, and you just go and ruin the whole thing. Well, I'll see myself out. At... <laughs> all right, don't get any X coins. You, yeah, you start. Go cause first I'm trying anyway. to find the names of something that comes all right. to mind. So, all right. Well, my first one. Um, okay, it just made me laugh, and you know it all gets explained later and stuff. But uh, where are we? why can't
0: I move? why can't we wake him from his nightmare?
1: Facebook so Xavier had sleep paralysis which is a real thing <laughs> it's, yeah uh, I guess yeah, yeah thing's right. that's, the, that's the first thing I thought I just laughed when that line happened I'm like ah he's got sleep paralysis but that doesn't really they seem you know to be when, a, when you yeah. have sleep paralysis you see kind of dark figures that are sort of like people and that's sort of like the shadow King. The whole thing was just kind of like a bout of you could view this entire episode as like a, a you know a forty five second bout of sleep paralysis on behalf of the professor. yeah,
2: you could do that that's that's kind of funny yeah. actually um mm. well, I'm having trouble finding the names for these characters. I probably would if I had time to search through all these giant monster characters, but anyway, the two monsters that they turn into when they fight are classic mm. Marvel monsters. Um, that, uh, that were from like oh, the right. old, the Kirby. Comic. yeah, like the Kirby-esque yeah, monster. When it was one, Atlas. One, Atlas. T- one I thought was, um, one of them I thought was the uh, was Fing Fang Foom, but he, but on closer inspection, it's not. Um, no, the the Red Ronin is the uh, the the character I was trying to think of that uh, Tony Stark built to, to fight Godzilla when Godzilla had a Marvel comic, and that's kind of the way the Shadow King looked when he took that form, which I think may have been inspired mm-hmm. by that. Um, but I think it was, one of them was Gorgol, no not Uh one of them was Giganto, that was one of them, yeah. and uh, the green I, one was uh, Giganto, yeah. for sure, and I mean, well, you could argue one's Fing Fang Foom, but I'm pretty sure it's not, there's one that kind of looks like him, um, but it's, um, you know, uh, it's like Naku Gam, it's one of those, there's a lot of them, a lot of really ridiculous big marble monsters. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those. So um, it's kind of neat that they they stuck those in there in, in such a fun little mm. way. Because they, they are pretty cool, like, obscure Marvel characters.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and, uh, you know, they don't often pop up. Although there was a fun book a while ago called Where Monsters Dwell or Monsters Dwell or something like that Marvel put out where it's sort of revisited a lot of those those classic big monsters, which is pretty cool.
1: So. Giganto people will probably recognize from the classic first issue of Fantastic Four cover. He's the green monster coming out of the ground. Yes, um,
2: and I want to. Like I said, it does seem like it's Fing Fang foo, but I'm pretty sure it's not. i just
1: so yeah. anyway. Yep, yeah, check him out. That's uh, that was a fun yeah. little bit. Very cool. Uh, my next one. Well, they did an updated Shadow King look. Um, like you said, he looks like John Rice Davies. Normally he doesn't. Normally he looks more like. This fella here. Yeah, you know, I remember that guy. A, wears his hat and his white suit. You know, that's what you do. So they did more of an updated, less kind of... A more relatable look, maybe. He just looks like a regular guy, rather than a very kind of odd character. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just an interesting way to go with it, I thought. That's the classic look. You almost, you almost expect that. And I think they maybe even hinted that look in the last time we saw him, maybe but uh, I can't quite recall.
0: Hmm.
2: All right. Back All on. right. Well, uh, the actor that did the voice of the shadow King in this episode is very, well, I wouldn't say very famous, but he's one of those Canadian actors that pops up in everything. He was, Ma- he was on forever night. He was. I don't know if he was actually, his name is more Ma- oh, okay. Maurice Dean Wint. Um, He's in a lot of Canadian cartoons and shows. He was on My Secret Identity. He was on Captain Power. You'll
1: never guess my My secret Secret identity. Identity.
2: He's on Captain Power, The Soldiers of the Future. He was on um, Friday the 13th TV series, Street Legal. He's on the Hammer Man cartoon when MC Hammer had his own cartoon. Uh, Tech War. He had his talking shoes. He's on the live action Robocop show, the Kung Fu show, Tech War. Wildcats cartoon. Forever Night, he was on at FX, the series. Uh, Do South, <laughs> Traders, The Other Limits, all this stuff. But the one thing he was on uh, that I highly suggest, and this is a sneaky film suggest, uh, recommendation, is the Canadian classic movie by Vincenzo Natale, Cube. If you haven't seen this movie... I highly suggest it. it's a it's a it's a beautiful piece of uh, independent filmmaking with an ingenious concept about six strangers that wake up in different rooms that are perfect squares cubes, if you will, that have doors on every side and eventually they're traps in certain rooms, traps in others, some people die. some they they find each other and try to figure out why they all wound up in this giant puzzle cube that shifts and moves and there's a whole thing about how to escape. but this guy essentially plays the crazy. You know, alpha male asshole that uh, that you know, it becomes the villain of the piece eventually. But he's very good in that. Um, it's a really good movie. Check it out. Vincenzo natale has gone on to do a lot of really cool stuff. Most notably, recently, he did uh, an episode of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix. Uh, might be one of the best episodes of that show. The uh, the Rats, Graveyard Rats, which is fantastic. So uh, check out his work. He did um a lot of cool stuff. He did the movie Splice as well, which I love, which is a great movie. Yes, with uh, Sarah Pauli. Yes, sweetheart Adrian, Adrian Brody, and uh, and that movie perfectly surmises what would happen if if t- t- how horrible humans are and what we would do if we did create a new life form.
1: First, we like would spice as well. First, we'd be overprotected. I, mean, I liked I mean, it though, it didn't best feel best. like a movie to me, it felt like an episode of something like The Outer Limits or yeah, kind uh, of, but uh, but but I still liked it. Yeah, very good episode, very good movie. Uh, right, so check that out, okay. Well, next, uh, here's a prediction. I mean, I could have saved this for another segment later, but I won't. Shadow King in the MCU. Now, to me, he's the perfect place to go because they haven't done him yet in movie form as far as Xavier's main nemesis go. They've, done, you know, they've mostly just done Magneto over and over again. So I think you have to show like this dichotomy as well. Where it's really the other showing the other side of the coin and the other aspect of Xavier. So yeah, I would really like to see that. I think, you know, they would give them a chance to, you know, diversify the MCU some more as well. It's not like it's just a white American character or anything like that. So go for it. And 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 we'll play the casting game later, but I'm gonna throw one out there right now. They should cast Alexander Siddig as uh, the Shadow King, who played ah. Julian Bashir in DS9. That's what they should small do. Role in, small role in Game of Thrones too. Yeah, he did. He was one of the Dorn fellas. He was like the King of Dorn. Yeah, great. I love that actor. Actually, he's very good. He's fantastic actor. Yeah, he gets to. He's in lots of things. Like I think he even in one of the DC shows he played Ra's al Ghul. Did you watch the? Oh yeah, he
2: did, right? I think it was on Teen Titans or one of those, or Titans or whatever. Um, did you watch uh, that documentary, the What We Left Behind, about the? I cried through the whole
1: thing. Man, I've seen that, it like two or three times. It's beautiful.
2: What made me so upset? I went to the theater to watch it. And what bothered me the most about it is I loved it, but was mm-hmm. when when the writers' room they get together and they write what the first episode mm. of a reboot would be, and it was so fucking mm. good. And the fact I'm probably never going to see it makes me so sad because it was so good. And I'm like, God damn it, why can't this exist? Maybe someday. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, we maybe. got another season of Twin Peaks 45 years later, so maybe this is They,
1: they did the return of Cisco in the comics just last month. He's oh, bad. that that never matters. Bad. They're going to
2: do it in the show. They'll probably do it on Picard or something stupid. Season maybe. 3 of Picard.
1: That's coming back next month. Season 3 of Picard, but yeah.
2: Yeah, so I know that's the last season, so
1: so and they not, say
2: not to well i think i mean patrick stewart is quite old like i'm not
1: he but they asked him about it and he's just like oh you know i'd be willing to do another
2: season well i'm so. sure he would be willing to but you know i mean it's hard to ensure when he's like 90 and if the show doesn't doesn't work because he's dead i mean then then that's that's tough there's a lot of things when it comes oh, to film. He says
1: he was raging racing gotham, gotham. okay that's what it was
2: cool I uh, tried to watch that show. I got about halfway through season two and I could not continue. It was so bad, so bad. I have it. it is. Um, um, I mean, you know, I really want to watch the Doom Patrol show because I'm a big fan of that run because it's based on. And Fraser's in that, isn't he? Yeah, he plays Robot Man. Well, he does a voice for Robot yeah. Man, and whenever they do flashbacks, he plays the the human version of Robot Man. But um, yeah, I've it looks quite good, and it's supposed to be quite true to the, yeah. the Morrison comics. So I have to go if you get to that eventually.
1: So is it um, mine or yours?
2: It's mine. So, um, I feel like I had more points keyed up here. Oh, the actress who does the voice of...
1: Now who? Who else was in this episode?
2: Jean? Catherine Disher? No, it was... Um... Uh, shoot. I must have been looking up something else. Anywho. Uh, yeah, so the the general... V- the Well, I mean okay, yeah, this was one of my points. So this actually makes the storm episode with Shadow King better because um you know they in that episode they that was way back in season two um, or season two, right or season
1: one., season uh, two, it right? was like the third episode of season whatever
2: two. it takes. It was third episode of season two. Yeah. so, um you know, that was that episode had a lot of complaints about like how the Shadow King was like, some ancient enemy they fought a bunch of times, and it, it, it this makes it slightly worse too because, um, you know, it creates a plot hole there. Uh, well, a bigger one or more just adds more to the previous plot hole. But uh, you know, the idea that it was before it was, you know, that, that they they fought it before, but they didn't. But then this time it was like they uh, you know, how did Rogue know who he was? Because Charles seemed to only fight him the once, and also Storm didn't tell anybody. But when she fought him in Africa before. You know, I like not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't need to tell those guys, especially Professor X's ultimate enemy. She's either. someone who and
1: keeps it. her own counsel,
2: I guess so. But I feel like it may have been important to say, well, he may have a way out of the astral plane. He's done it before, so keep an eye out there, Charles. Try not to get uh,
1: Run, him back. Ran Try him not to get any slight concussions. Uh,
2: so yeah, I just it makes that episode a little better because you do get some backstory as to how they're connected and what it all means. But uh, you know, it also makes it slightly also, worse.
1: It also makes the ongoing kind of plight, you could even say, of Shadow King better. Because first he tries to get out what he assumes is the easy way, going after kind of a less formidable target for him. He's mm-hmm. like, maybe I can, with with Storm's nephew, nephew-son, um, maybe I can, and her, I can get out of here, which would be a little safer. But now he's like, that didn't work, he's, so he had to go back and keep, come up with a grander plan. Go after Xavier, which is much tougher, the guy who banished him in the first place, Mm. but really the person he has to confront. Because if he doesn't like if he was going to get out the other way with Storm Ishnari, he he still would have had to contend with Xavier next. Mm -hmm. So he might as well just go right to Xavier. Yeah, I suppose so. But he he should have incapacitated Gene first, then he might have had a chance. Mm -hmm. All right, you're next. All right. Well, my next one—I don't know if I mentioned this last time we had a Shadow King episode, but there has been a, a live-action Shadow King before, played by Aubrey Plaza in the Legion show.
2: So well, she—she wasn't the original one, though, right? It was just like he was using her form because she was no, no, his friend she, that
1: died. Well, he, she uh, takes that form. He takes that form. Oh, was she, was she always the Shadow
2: King from the beginning? No. no yeah. I'm okay. Because I would watched the, of that show.
1: I only I watched, watched the first most-
2: couple episodes, um, and I yeah. liked it, but I just don't got around to watching more of it. I should watch. I should go back to it.
1: It was. It's kind of hard. Yeah, I think I had to be. being had to be in the right mood for that one. I like Dan Stevens. Was he Professor X's son in that show? I don't think they, See, That's the thing. I I get annoyed with those Fox X Men things because they're also disconnected. I don't need a disconnected Legion show. You know we should, Legion we, you know in we that watch- world. You know, we should live
2: watch for fun sometimes uh, Just as a bonus episode. We should live watch the Generation X made-for-TV movie they did. Back oh, my Linus. God. All right, let's do it. I've never seen yeah, it, and it, it's probably terrible, but I think it might be fun to watch. I, I guess we can't really just show the movie on this
1: for rights reasons. We can can we? You sure, you can. People do those things all the time. You just have to put it in a little small screen or whatever. And, yeah, but that's we'll, we'll be talking over it, right? We'll be talking over the whole thing.
2: I guess, but I'd like to so. actually hear it, see how bad it is too. Maybe we should just watch it and then talk about it.
1: But might be a fun bonus. Yeah, the live react. I think might the be live funny. react might be funny. People can watch it on their own afterwards. That's fair. It's uh yeah, it's
2: supposed to... <laughs> we should get Dave to come do it with us because I know he's he's made some jokes about it too. Did he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get back to me now. Uh, Yeah, all right. So, when Xavier takes on his
1: gladiator form, does that look familiar to you? Uh, Yes, but I can't remember. It's gladiator, the the
2: daredevil villain. He's wearing gladiators. Oh, was it really? 100%. Yeah, the original Melvin gladiator. I can't remember his last Melvin Potter, Melvin Potter, uh, gladiator outfit. That's basically what he's wearing. I don't, I don't know oh, if it wow. was intentional or it was just a classic gladiator outfit, but it does look very much like Melvin Potter's uh, gladiator outfit. Which I thought was kind of fun. Did he even have the saw blades? <laughs> uh, no, he didn't. But he had a sword and he had the shield thing. It was, kind of looked like a saw blade.
0: Hmm.
1: That's interesting. Oh, my last one. How is it going to be here? You know, what? I already mentioned it. Oh, you know what? We'll go this way with it. So the Astral Plane in the MCU could be a whole thing. Because now that we've done all these different dimensions and things, it might be a nice uh, idea for them to mine a bit. As far as whatever, bringing in new characters or tying characters together. Like they could meet Doctor Strange in the Astral Plane. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they could start forming a real Illuminati those two could, just talking on the astral plane, or things like that. And, you know, it'll just be a different idea for them to add, because they keep, keep finding new, looking for new ways to create threats, like whether it be the multiverse or time travel with Kang or all these things. They just need these different avenues for villains to attack from. And the astral plane's a good one, and that's why I think Shadow King would also be great in the MCU. Hmm. That was my last one does so, that I mean i have one more he says they touched on the astral plane and black panther murphy says he said, that's the ancestral plane
2: yeah they're kind of different um but dr strange has kind of tapped into it a bit in the in the mcu i believe um they have definitely done that a few times in those movies i'm pretty sure so <laughs> you have any uh, points left or is that it no, I have one more. So you went first, right. right? So that uh, okay. means I go last. So yeah, it would be uh, yeah. I, just the general tone of this episode. I like the hmm. the the horror elements and how they bled through and how it kind of had a, a general. Um, I mean, uh, maybe this is more a more salient point. Um, Xavier's mind. You know, they've talked about how like you know mutants can be trusted with their powers. We shouldn't regulate them or whatever. Um, This is like the fourth time I think his mind's been used to like fuck around with people in his life and possibly destroy the world. So you know, it, just because he had a mild concussion this time, that gave—that's all it took for the Shadow King to swoop funny, in and right take over his body. So you know, it's like I get you that, like
1: that though. Like yeah. that shows you how protective Xavier yeah. has to be of himself in his mind all true. the
2: time. But it's like
1: it's gotta be exhausting being an X Man. he's just villains from every
2: all sides all the time. You can't like it's just got- you know have a sleep it's like you have your dreams are invaded by the shadow king you want to go to the park there's a sentinel you want to go to the end of the street the friends of humanity you're trying to kill you then it's your your half brothers trying to like i love in comics because they run for so long like for so many decades of continuity builds up and up they're like literally almost everybody in your life becomes either a villain or a tragic figure you know your wife gets murdered but then your friend did it so now he's your mortal enemy but then your dad on you when he was a kid but he comes back and he's now a space pirate like it just it just everything everything is something nothing there can't be like an uncle who's that's just a cute. guy that waters the plants so you're like hey look there's uncle Steve he's never done anything he's bad the to me. or how yes of course he is of course he is he's, he's an arch criminal that no one knows about like that's just how it has to be which yeah. I kind of like it's it's fun especially when comics go on for decades because you really build up this really interesting kinetic universe that uh yeah it's just full of connections that all get like made. And if they weren't made to begin with, they'll be retconned into being made later.
1: And it's one thing I loved about the X-Men too the most growing up is their interconnected world always made the most sense because they have all these like ties that would bring them together, mm. you know, being mutants or you know, out there searching for mutants and having telepathic people sensing mutants. Or like you know, just the mutant plight itself is the reason mm-hmm. for villainy. People are fighting back against oppression and things like that. So, yeah, it's just it always felt like such a cohesive world.
2: Yeah, guys, man, I agree. Yeah, it's, and it's kind of familiar too. Like it's almost like a family. So you get, yeah. um, you know, there's there's like deeper connections than just like uh, we're forced to be a
1: team. It's not like the Defenders or something where they're just other people all crammed together. Sounds like they always say. Uh, the Avengers are a football team. The X-Men are a family.
2: <laughs> yeah, that seems about right. Hey, check this out.
1: Hey, check this out. This is our comic reminiscences and recommendations. And now, I hope I'm not repeating myself, because we did do Shadow King before, but I don't think I mentioned this story. Um, maybe I did. but Anyway, this is uh, the Muir Island Saga. So there's Shadow King there. Very cool. Professor, like all, you know, incapacitated but fighting back. These were, these covers of this story are super dramatic. Like, there's Xavier and the X Men holding him up, and they're all just beat up and forlorn. <laughs> forlorn. There. And there's, oh, I love this. I always love this cover. There's like Cyclops, your Colossus going after going after Xavier because Shadow King in this story is taking over the minds of everyone on Muir Island and you know there's a ton of mutants on Muir Island like uh, Guido was there at the time and Colossus and anyone Moira was helping right so he's and so it's like kind of like that where he's just from Muir Island trying to have like a beachhead to slowly take over the entire world and it was an intense story, your island saga. Check it out! Like, check out this one. Like, look at that cover. Look at that yes. gorgeous. That's gorgeous,
2: gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Doesn't Cyclops here. have to hit the button on his visor in order to open it so he can shoot his beams out?
1: Here's the thing about that. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most inconsistently written thing in comics. And now they have explained it in more modern runs that he has like a. Mental control over it, like the newer ones. But in the old, like in the eighties, the stuff. point of the visor was that he couldn't control it. No, he can't control the beams coming out of his eyes. He can control the opening and closing of the oh. visor.
2: Yeah, if they can do that, can't they can fix the part that about his eyes he can't control? He,
1: like when he you fell can... out of a plane, Andre. Look well, like, like, look what,
2: well, look look what the help. mild
1: concussions did to you.
2: If they can alter, is like they, they have technology that can make that happen. I feel like they should have something that could maybe make them contacts or, or something. So on have, you know that
1: GR technology, would you? Geez, yeah, come on. <laughs> your buddy Cyclops with him. that. He's he's just letting just, him flounder around with some visor on his face.
2: <laughs>
1: Dude, pimp fix that him. Jet. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> so that's mine. The Muir Island Saga. Oh, I should say the issues. Now, it did bleed into a couple other stories as well, but most of it you have X-Factor 69 and 70. 69! This was was, a golden age of comics, let me tell you. When X-Men was on top. Uh, And Uncanny X-Men 278, 279, and 280. This is right before, this is the last big story before the big split off of the X-Books. Or or right at that. Yeah, because that happens in 282. Where they do the gold team and the blue team, and Jim Lee takes over the uh, X-Men. Things get crazy. Things get crazy, yeah. So, what are you going to reminisce and recommend for us, Andre? Well,
2: um, this is kind of apt. I try to keep my, my, um, my choices today apt to what we're discussing. So this is one of my recent dollar store finds, as we always have fun with talking about it. But because of it, I've more luck in those dollar stores than I ever do. you, you got to go. you got to go all the time. That's the key. In you no know life, you live yeah. the dollar store. They've actually started okay. putting Oni Press books in there. Um, so I've got like a Gail Simone book and uh, one by Ed Brisson, he was a guest on my show, and some other people, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. He writes for Marvel now as well. And he's doing a really
2: cool uh, Predator comic right now for Marvel.
1: What was this one I had by Ed Brisson one time that he did? It was an independent one. The the call can't remember it now. So the field? No, it had a one word name.
2: Oh crap! Not, not the field. Okay, this one was called oh. like um, it's like a little Asian kid is like the main character and he doesn't talk. That's the only book. But it was yeah, it was in the dollar store. But anyway, this one is um, Kaiju Max by Xander Cannon. Um, mm.
1: Have
2: you ever read this, Devin? No. So this is the second volume, but read it from the beginning. It's basically the show Oz. Where people are stuck in prison, but with giant now, Oz,
1: I've seen every episode of,
2: but well, I've met uh, Harold Pernod, I've acted on a show with him.
1: Um, I think but, they should show all like troublemaking kids the complete series of Oz to scare them straight.
2: They'll probably do it, but in this book, it's uh, it's about Oz with giant monsters. So, of all of Godzilla's uh, friends, and you know, all the, the monsters cool. Godzilla fights, uh, basically, once they're defeated, they're these sort of uh, Ultraman type characters that act as jailers to keep them prison on, I believe it's the moon. And, uh, and they're just supposed to stay there, or it might be on Earth, but they're supposed to stay there in this giant prison um, where they basically form gangs, and it becomes basically a prison show. It's kind of like Shawshank Redemption, but with kaiju, which is uh, pretty great. So it's a really fun idea uh, that, that um, goes for broke almost every time, and it's very entertaining. It really plays up with the old uh, giant monster movies and some of the tropes that came from those. And uh, it's well worth checking out. Uh, Kaiju Max by Xander Cannon. It's very good.
1: Kaiju Max,
2: interesting. If you can find Volume One, check that one out. I have a single issue. So. I
1: remember hearing about
2: that book back when it was coming out. It's actually. very good. Yeah, but it comes out infrequently, so you gotta like he puts them out in seasons. So like Season One, see, yeah. that book is Season Two, but
1: like like us, like us. <laughs> <laughs> My Remote with Andre, why don't you recommend a movie for us? All right, well. By the way, off. we just watched Dr. Love on the movie podcast, and I had never seen it before. My God, do I love that movie. You One are of very, my top five comedies ever, easily. You are very lucky, like
2: it. sir. It is a fantastic movie. I, I envy oh. you for getting to watch that again for the first time. Um, oh, my God. It's like. But I have one. Usually I recommend something just briefly that I've seen recently. And uh, my beard looks really weird on the screen. Um, There we go. Uh, That um, I've seen recently that movie being uh, Triangle of Sadness. So if you like uh, social commentary movies, uh, you may enjoy this one. Uh, Just came out. It's getting a lot of buzz. I think it won some Gold Globes or something. It won the Palme d'Or at the con. Criterion already announced they're putting it out on their Blu-rays, but it just came out like a few months ago. So it's a very interesting uh, movie about showing kind of the the gap between the hyper rich and the influencers and people that kind of have all this money and then the regular folks like done through the lens of a cruise ship where you see the uh the people that work there have to put up with the ridiculous demands and uh and and how far removed from reality often these these crazy rich people on these boats are and then uh when a situation occurs in which they are stranded they are incapable of caring for themselves or providing for themselves in any way because they have no real life skills. And uh, it's the crew or the people that were beneath them cleaning their toilets, essentially, that actually will survive in those situations because they know how to fish, how to cook food, all those sort of things. Um, It's very good. It's a very black comedy, um, but it's, like, so black often that it's hard to even tell as a comedy. But there are some – it's very good. Like, I, I, I can't give too much of it away, but it's just a great experience. Uh, great commentary on the wealth, uh, the the ultra wealthy, the affluent, and uh, and the blackest of uh, of black comedies. So very good. Woody Harrelson has a a, a great turn uh, as the the drunken captain of the boat. He's only in it briefly, but uh, it's very good. I, I highly suggest it. It's like two and a half hours long. I watched it last night, and uh, I loved it. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Alright, so the movies I'm suggesting that are related to this are. I figured mm-hmm. well, I'm going to keep it on on brand with. Uh, with um, I kind of forgot that I had other movies talking about, sorry. Uh, I'm going to keep it on brand with, right. with people fighting in their minds. You know, people doing mental attacks, physical attacks if you will. And when I used to describe yeah. a fantastic classic movie by one of my favorite directors and one that you must have seen, if you haven't seen you've probably seen one particularly famous scene from it. Do you know what I'm talking about, David?
1: Famous scene from what now? I said I was I was parenting there a moment.
2: Oh, on your uh, phone? That, that yeah. is very modern parenting. Um, mm. so yes, yeah, so the Canadian director who made this movie about people fighting with their minds. Uh, it's a very famous movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you've probably seen a very famous scene. Not, like it.
1: Firestarter.
2: No, I'm talking about David Cronenberg's scanners.
1: Oh, scanners.
2: In which Ford people do scanners. psychic, but people born with powers that are called scanners that have the ability to infect other people's minds and manipulate them. Uh, the famous scene I'm talking about is the one where Michael Ironside's character makes a dude's head explode on live television. Possibly or one of the best legendary heads, scene. Probably one of the best head explosions ever done in, a, in film. Um, possibly topped by uh, uh, Jesus, why am I forgetting his name? The guy from Rosemary's Baby that played her husband. He was famous film director. Anyway, his death in uh, the fury uh, by Brian De Palma. But anyway, so yeah, Scanners is a classic David Cronenberg movie, Canadian movie, um, well, filmed in Canada. But uh, Michael Ironside, a um, bunch of other cool actors, very cool uh, about people fighting each other psychically. And if you're going to watch that, you may as well watch its lesser known and, very, and diminishing return sequels, Scanners 2 and Scanners 3, that had Cronenberg and nothing to do with. Um, I didn't
1: even know those existed.
2: Oh, it gets worse, my friend. So, um, oh,
1: Jesus, are scanners four?
2: Oh, no, 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 you see. So, eventually, they made scanners, which Cronenberg made. Then, without his permission or anything, they made scanners two and three, which added other things about other people with the scanning abilities. Then, they did kind of a side quill that didn't carry on the stories from those because I believe the end of the third one takes place like in space or something, or the world blows up or something. But anyway, they did a side quill about people, as a cop. That is a scanner. So uh, we had Scanner Cop.
1: Scanner Cop. Oh my which god. Which had
2: uh, which had two parts. Scanner Cop One. I believe two. you
1: waste your hard-earned money on these.
2: These are these are beautiful additions. Look at this beautiful case.
1: We had Scanner One
2: and Scanner Two. Look at this art. Look, at, look at what's going on with this guy's face. He's got stuff growing on his head. And look at this guy.
1: Come on. It's like William Shatner so, somewhat.
2: Apparently, these are much better than Scanner 2 and 3. I haven't watched these yet, but I'm very excited okay. to see so. so Scanner 2 and 3, I believe, is dismissible. But Scanner Cop 1 and 2, I believe, are actually pretty good. In which it's a cop who has scanner powers that gets wrapped up in various scanner-related... don't say. Yeah. Check it out. Scanners <laughs> by David Cronenberg is the, the, uh, the main one. So watch that one. It's a Blu-ray set, Sam, but thank you.
1: Uh, yeah uh, andre looks down his nose at dvds i do
2: not because many (laughs) old films can't be scanned by blu-ray because of how they're filmed so you have to watch them on dvd
1: the thing interesting all right let's move on what were you doing playing with matches I'm breaking the rules here because I'm it's six bit gaming with Super Nintendo Chalmers or Super Nintendo Scale not Chalmers. <laughs> my Simpsons podcast is poisoning my brain. Um I guess the X is moving losing open, their mind anything. now? They're Super Nintendo Chalmers. So the oh well it does the X team. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna talk about eight-bit games. But if you take two of them and put them together, you have 16 bits. So I'm just gonna talk about where it all began. Mario 1, I'm going to talk about that for a second. I'm going to talk about three games. First, Mario 1. Why? Because Mario 1 was a turning point in video game history. Mario was the first kind of indication that maybe video games could be really fun. And could be more than what they had been. Which is just kind of quick, usually competitive one against one. uh, Pong type things. Or really bad Atari games. That are just like the guy from Atari once said. I can put, what did he say? I can put crap on a cartridge and sell it for forty bucks. Like he he, and he did so. Mm -hmm. So uh, so it was a turning point in in video games. Everyone played it. Everyone like that game was everywhere. That game. Most houses had like two copies of that game. It must have sold like gangbusters. Next one, Mario Two. Mario Two. I'm going to love talk game. About for a second I because, love because, see, it was overlooked by me as a kid. It wasn't like a true Mario game because it was Doki Doki um, Panic first, like in, in Japan. So it was never meant to be a Mario game. You didn't game. know that when you were a kid, though. How would you have known that? No, no, but it didn't play like a Mario game. So it didn't like really appeal to me as much because by the time I really had actually Mario 2, this game was already out. Mario 3, which is probably, probably one of the top three games ever created in the history of video games. Right here, Mario 3. Now, Mario 3 takes what I said about Mario 1 take it to the next level. Mario 3 was when we knew video games weren't going away and they were only going to get better and better. Because Mario 3 is so fun, even to this day. Maybe still the best Mario game. And there are so many good Mario games. Mario World, Mario Galaxy games are great. Um, Mario, Mario 2 and 1 are cool. But like I say, Mario 2 I never got very far in. Because it was it was odd to me. And I never gave it a lot of time. So I haven't really... I think I've only gotten a couple levels into it. I've never really put the time into it. And that's something I mean to do. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to beat Mario 2 one of these days. Now, Mario 3 I spent days 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 of my life on like combined i take all the hours we have days weeks months i've spent on mario 3 so yeah check it out everybody eight worlds all beautiful you've got they're all very different you've got like the ice world you can slip and slide around if you've never played mario 3 you've got warp whistles um Oh my god, you know what? I saw this thing on the internet. Andre just took off for a second, so I'm going to keep talking about these video games. So, I just learned that if you die in Mario 1, I saw this on the internet, I haven't checked it yet, I should check it today. But if you die in Mario 1, you can hit start, or hold start and A, or hold A and hit start, that's it. And you'll uh, start the game again right where you died. all the hours people put into that game I don't think anyone ever knew that I think these are like like programmer codes and things they do to mess around on the game while they're creating it but wow, wow, if I'd have known that as a kid gotta tell you well, let's move on to our next segment because I hear Andre freaking around back there he'll be back See, you weren't supposed right. to
2: acknowledge that I had left. That's why I put keep talking in the chat so I could run and then come back.
1: Well, once you're I started it. to get a little long-winded, I need to explain to people come on, why you're I was good getting kind Just of long Just talk
2: about Storm. You can do that for six hours. No,
1: I, I kept talking about Mario, but I think I got to the point where people were probably like, why is he still talking about Mario?
2: <laughs> I did really love that game. It is fantastic. Um Mario 3. It, well, I I love three too, but two I also really liked as well. It was so weird and like dreamlike and different. I mean, it's even strange. going back to it now. And even the villain was like a, a we've never seen in any like they've never used him, Wart, in anything. Like in yeah, any cartoon, Wart. anything else. You think he would have popped
1: up at some point, even appearing as a villain did, in the game he, again. He did appear in something else. Really? What? Yes. And I can't think of what it was off the top of my head, but he did. Maybe it was the cartoon, but Wart did come back. Oh cool. Um, that's that's exciting. Yeah, and they used Birdo again.
2: Oh Birdo's been used quite a bit, but uh yeah. I just never seen Wart used again, which I thought was interesting.
1: Yeah, Mario 2 was Doki Doki Panic, which was a game made for uh a festival uh with like a, a Middle Eastern kind of flair, and that's why I like a lot of the imagery and stuff is very Middle Eastern. Mm. So um all right, let's play a quick game and then get out of here. Actually, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're playing it with here. my emotions here. I know what's happening. I know. I do that sometimes. There it is. <laughs> This, it's a our ex-casting game, expert <laughs> casting. Right, I like my one earlier for Shadow King, being Alexander City. Why? You need someone that's vaguely Middle Eastern to play him. Is that why you chose Alex, uh, Alexander City? Yeah, and he's awesome, and he's from my favorite show of all time. Of course, I'm gonna pick Alexander City. Yeah.
2: He's all right, good. you go
1: first. Shoot in, shoot someone at me. An actor, right or actor? Well actor we don't use the term actress really anymore.
2: Um, hmm. in the MCU proper we're, we're casting right? Yeah, we're doing an
1: MCU proper now yep. okay. Let's say give me a minute.
2: give me a minute to tip my tongue. It's coming. it's coming. It's gonna be.
1: Steve Buscemi. Wow. Oh, oh, I I think I blew this one last week, but Steve Buscemi is obviously Peepers.
2: Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> Very obscure character. I don't know if we'd want to give him, you know, he'd be featured that much in the movie or
1: that he's in. But, uh, but he's so perfect for Peepers. Hmm.
2: He looks just so. like him.
1: Kind of, but it's sort of, yeah, I guess so. All right, like if not peep, like it's because he's kind of older, too. You don't want him to be one of the more action oriented characters, no, definitely peepers. Um, they have time, they have time to introduce all these characters in the MC. That's true, that's true. We could see him, we could see Steve Buscemi's peepers. You, you okay? Here's one for you since she's all the rage right now, even though I haven't seen the show. Uh, the girl who plays Wednesday is it Jenny Ortega? Jenny Ortega. Jenna Ortega. Uh, yes. Um, oh, wow. She would be very young, good. so can play uh, many of the students. You know, that's a good...
2: Yes. Um, well, if we're keeping it X-Men specific then yeah. Um, yeah, she's a great actress. She's in a really great horror movie that came out last year called X. Um, and uh, I saw her in... <laughs> X. <She's> up- <laughs> yeah, just it's a... I think I've t- talked about it in the show
0: It's
2: mm. this like a, a group That goes out to film a porno in the 70s In a, in a um, an old Farmhouse somewhere and then the, the people that own The farmhouse are this old couple that have some Sinister attentions uh, It's very good, it's a very good horror movie They did a prequel called Pearl which they also put out this year Which I haven't watched yet But Mia Goth is, uh, is in it, she's very good um, Jenny Ortega, wow I really kind of feel like she'd be good at um, I want to say Magic I know we already kind of got her but not in the MCU proper I would pick her as magic or maybe the step for cuckoos interesting you have to play all of them I guess but uh she uh, she's a good actress she could see of them. her
1: as the cuckoos yeah I think that'd be pretty funny. I like that one Yeah.
2: but uh I like well I guess magic I like to, what's Russia. her name is Magic.
1: yeah she does it and Taylor joy yeah she was good and she was she was great as magic. that movie was not great, but she was a good choice.
2: Who's the character that um, was like the pop star that was with Chamber in that X-Men run in like the early 2000s? Lila Chaney? Was that it? Or Dazzler? Not Dazzler. It was the other one that was like the more modern like singer or something. She was with Chamber in, in that. Remember she had like, was she with the X-Statics? No. Anyway, yeah, I remember that storyline and uh, she, she might have been good for that role as well, but I don't remember that character. Hmm.
1: I'm trying to think. Like some you? girl
2: that was like a like a reality star, or like really popular, like a teenager. Oh, well, they were all reality stars on the X-Statics. It wasn't that, but it was something, it, it was, was in the game. whatever comic that Chamber first popped up in and he was a main character. And He Chambers with her, but I can't remember her name.
1: Anyway, it just matter. popped up in Gen X, I think.
2: It was like in the early 2000s run. So like when, when Morrison's oh, run was yeah, on
1: X-Men, yeah. it was in one of the other X-Men books oh okay okay i'm not sure interesting all right all right moving on to where's our homework professor all i need now is for you to contact your students professor
2: Well, your homework is to watch the next episode of the show, which would be uh, "Courage" is the name of the episode, um, which we see the return of Morph.
1: So that must be fun. Yeah, get old Morphy boy Morph back. This anymore. one's for
2: you, Morph. If you don't have it anymore, I think,
1: God, I don't think. No, because I got a new computer. I don't think oh. I moved it over. God dang it! What is? What? What are we do? What are we doing here, man? What are we? I know? you'll just have to go get our your our this one's for you, Morph merch. Yeah, you can do that if you want. Um, yeah, so next episode would be
2: season four, episode six. Courage. Six. Morph and Wolverine Courage investigate. Courage,
1: Morph and Wolverine my word. investigate and
2: discover that the Sentinels are back. That's your
1: one. Also, listen to the tragically hit because they're awesome. They have a song called Courage.
0: Courage, Courage.
1: my word yep what's your favorite touch to gift song oh my god either luck in the trunk of a car mm-hmm. or poets really those are two very different yeah. songs
2: Yep. um I think it might either be bob cajun or um uh, what's the other one i had a dream that i relished
1: Relished the fray and the screaming that's That's locked in the trunk of a car no that's not it it's um settled in only anything that's systematic would get you hated um off the coast of france off the coast of france do Oh, it's um um Oh, yeah, it's the uh, nautical disaster. That's it, that's the one, yes, that's yeah, that's, that's a great that might too. be my favorite one. So, that's
2: although I really like one. the darkest one, which is one that doesn't get mentioned a lot by people that are fans of them. So,
1: their albums are good. Go check out the Transylvania of have if you don't know mm-hmm. it. They're that's the can- Canadian secret and no longer with us in the film. Well, they were G- Gordon Downey, is not, but the rest are still alive. Yes, that's true. Yeah. You can support the show on Patreon. Give us your money. If, Give if, it if to if us. Money. We want it. Yours. Give it. We
0: need you. We need you. Very
1: uh, nice. Contact us at gmail.com. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Find our audio-only version wherever you get your podcast. And please like, review, subscribe. We're not getting enough reviews. We would love to hear what you guys think. I mean, you know, a lot of you like to tell us while we're doing the show that's great too because we love to hear it live and but uh you know the written reviews help us a lot as well so if you do that go mm-hmm. for it so you know get out of her dreams get out of her dreams exactly <laughs> <laughs> so we are a proud member of the united federation of podcasts and speaking of such a federation <laughs>
2: Ah, the graphic history podcast will return. I just had a new ep- uh, the second part of my conversation with Frank Forstall it came out last Friday. Um, great talk. Really enjoyed that one a lot, actually. I like um, it's something that when you know the person, I didn't know Frank super well, but um, when you know someone before you talk to them in this capacity, it's nice when there's already a familiarity of sorts from knowing them. And so sometimes you can get into the meat of it. Although Frank and I did talk a lot. Um so we had a two-parter, but it was really fun, and I, I didn't want to cut it up because uh, I thought it was really good overall. A lot of a lot of great themes about mental health, about kind of rebuilding yourself, artistic stuff. We go into AI art. Uh, we talk about a lot of great stuff, so yeah, check that one out. And then in two weeks' time, we'll have part one of another two-part interview, this time with David Cullen, who is uh, a writer and artist on Marvel Comics. He worked on Marvel Spotlight. Um, he did uh, the issue with Wolverine on the cover, not that one, but the other flip side that dealt with some characters that were iron man villains i can't remember their names offhand but anyway yeah he did some work for that he did what the um yeah and he does a lot of story Hmm. yeah he did a lot of storyboard work uh mostly storyboard work now um worked on a the lighthouse for a24 and some other stuff that came through this area so uh we had a very interesting talk especially a lot about the lighthouse because i really love that movie and uh i was was surprised how much he he said that of all the things he storyboarded, nothing has been closer to what his storyboards in that movie. That one's was.
1: It up. looks like it a comic book.
2: It's and, all uh, very
1: kind of almost still frame imagery.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a great talk. Um, part one of that will come out uh, a week from Friday, and then part two two weeks after that. So check those out. All right, check those
1: out. Speaking of movies, check out Hold Up a Movie Podcast. Me and Murphy and guests on a lot of weeks talk about movies. We just did, like I said, their uh, politics episode on Doctor Strange Love, an American president, and Lincoln. One of those movies was really bad, unless you ask Cousin Dave. Um, and our next episode coming next Wednesday. Not tomorrow, but the Wednesday after is our war episode, where we will be reviewing Bridge on the River Kwai, A Bridge Too Far, and 1917. So that should be fun with guest Matthew Francis from the KBBBL podcast. Did you say KBBBL podcast? The extra B is for BYOBB. Check it out. We're on, uh, what do we got coming up here? The bowling one, where Marge uh, meets the sexy bowling instructor. Oh, yeah, That's a good episode. Yeah, and also check out Trivial Debates, the next one coming up January 29th, where it's going to be hosted by Jamil with uh, contestants Cousin Dave, Cousin Jeff, and Foster, who I don't know, but, you know, new contender, new contender over there at Trivial Debates. Check that show out for sure. Also check out the Hellbound Podcast with Alex Blackburn and Michael Chan. You started listening to that yet, Andre? no sorry i'm just m- mute my mic while i'm coughing over here i'm still getting over that cold so
2: uh,
1: uh not yet we no you get over it soon also check out live long and podcast where we have of course the of trek where me and dave buxley talk about all things trek and the world really but also we'd uh, look at that handsome bunch over there live long and podcast we do lots of things in the ops division or ops division we do star trek radio theater In the Command Division, they review episodes of the many shows. Picard's coming back. Me and Cousin Dave just did uh, a little trailer uh, reaction for the Season 3 of Picard. Get ready for that there the other day. And uh, DS9 and Nine's coming up after this show, so tune into that in 25 minutes from now. And in the Science Division, uh, we launch probes, we debate, we... We get into the nitty-gritty in the science of things, but we also have fun. We do trivia games debate games, all kinds of fun stuff. Look at all that good stuff. That is our empire as it stands right now. Anything else, Andre? One quick question for you, Devin. Yeah. If you had if you yeah. had to add
2: one thing to this Ant-Man movie, which goes deep into the quant like the the, the quantum realm, which essentially is the microverse. What I think would we have you, the same answer. What would you like to see the most? pop
1: up. I mean, not that I'm a huge fan of them or anything, but they make the most sense. Probably the micronauts.
2: I would too, but I feel like there's an issue because Marvel hasn't brought no Marvel
1: has never made the new comics. They made new ones in a different company. They own two of the micronauts. They own Bug and one of the other ones. Bug was on the Guardians of the Galaxy for a while, but he started in the Micronauts. Right. So So I would like to see those two.
2: I also would really love to see the Psycho Man who's a character that has not popped up in anything lately. And Psycho Man really a like character. Yeah, I know. I'd really <laughs> like to see him pop up, but I don't think he will. I am pretty happy that uh, the actor from Midsommar and uh, The Good Place, uh, I can't remember his name, he played cheaty on The Good Place. he uh, He's in it, so I'm pretty
1: excited to see he, what he's going to do. Rumors are he could play Reed Richards. I guess we'll find out.
2: There's a rumor. A lot of people have requested that. Actually, the guy that played hmm. – uh, uh, what's his name on um, – Okay, he was on, uh,
1: he's in the, the, the Mike Flanagan movies. On, um, the Mike Flanagan, TV. the guy who casts his wife in everything, she's in all of them, uh, not all of them, <laughs> she's but actress, quite a few of them, she's great. I love Mike yeah. Flanagan.
2: Anything Mike Flanagan does is, is good, nothing he has made is bad.
1: Uh, you cannot prove Not bad. Some of them are better than others like, i will fight you sir just be kind of like oh, i think midnight
2: midnight mass was a masterpiece in my opinion but yeah um, i loved
1: midnight mass it was my and
2: favorite. uh yeah honeyville house i loved hunting a blind manor i also loved uh not as much as but, uh, was, those ones were
1: it. just kind of open. really
2: it was fantastic yeah oculus is great even his first movie in sencha is really good uh doctor mm-hmm. sleep i think is a masterpiece um gerald's mm-hmm. games a masterpiece and anyway, we watch all those but anyway the guy from midnight mass to play the sheriff he was on uh the the TV adaptation of um, uh, what was that? I Zombie. Uh, that guy. There's a rumor that he was yeah. kind of in the in the mix to play Reed Richards as well. And uh, I really like him. I think he'd be cool for that spot as well. Although apparently, rumor has it that Marvel's trying to get Adam Driver to do it, which would be kind of neat. I don't like that yeah. casting at all. I could get behind it. He was in. Uh, the, they you did a, that, an route. adaptation on Netflix of Don DeLillo's novel White Noise, which he was in recently. Noah Baumbach did it, and it was really really good. So he had know. a
1: small role in Lincoln, but a lot of people had small roles in Lincoln's Lincoln. <laughs> in Lincoln small a lot of things were... Yeah, yeah. Alright. Let's let's get this show on the road, shall let's we? Let's do it. Catch you next time, everybody.
2: Next time Your mind held me locked here, but that innocent blow to your head weakened your hold on me, permitting me to escape.
0: 2, 3,